from the country that brought you Rami Malik and Hoda Kotbi. It's a conundrum. With Sam Taha. Kif, we have a conundrum. Oh. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sam Taha's Conundrum. Uh, I have a gigantic rant today that I'm uh, dubbing Rantorama because I'm a fan of Futurama, as you can tell. First of all, uh, thank you to all who listened and subscribed. I'm very grateful for uh, all the people who gave me support over the days. Uh, I'm especially grateful for subscriber number 37, the kind human from Reddit who listened to my podcast and subscribed to my channel. Thank you. You were there for me in my time of darkness which I'm going to tell you about in a second. I'm not going to lie to you, my subscribers are so low that I know them one by one. My mom was subscriber number 33. My sister was 34. I had a, a friend from college who was 42. And I'm ashamed to say this, but I was subscriber 36. I know, it's, it sounds disgusting, but don't judge me. I have OCD and uh, I had 35 subscribers and then it was my 36th birthday and I the OCD didn't allow me to go to bed without making it 36, 36, you know. Now I must figure out a way to get my age up to 44 to match my current subscribers, which is uh, gonna take some time. Uh, anyways, my the subject of my uh, rant today is as usual related to Egypt, so I decided to make this entire rant into one gigantic Egypt segment. In my recurring segment... Fucking Egypt again. There hasn't been anything urgent about the Egyptians for 2,000 years. I don't care if Egyptians, you stupid boss! No. The answer is Egypt. Gilkilon, but I thought you were... Egyptian? I made the credits. I had to use them. What do you want from me? Anyways, let the rentorama begin. Let's start with what happened after the last episode. Okay, I, I worked very hard on the last episode between the writing and looking for suitable music, recording, editing, and promoting in social media and all that crap. I, I like I remember I, I if you listened to this podcast last time you heard me I was complaining about how I underestimated how much time I had to finish the podcast and like that day I ended up pulling almost an all nighter and set an alarm for the first time in six months so that I can wake up in the morning and finish all the recording and editing that I needed to do. And after all of that hard work, I posted the episode which didn't even get the 12 views that I was like, oh, I only got 12 views, no one's listening. I think I got 6 views. And especially in these times where I'm all alone and sitting home and like this is my only outlet is uh, where I'm putting all my passion into, into something and putting it out there. It's like, it kind of hate me. Oh my god, no, I, this is for nothing. If I disappear tomorrow, no one will care. And then, of course, I did. I used one of my amazing talents and depressed myself. Just kept saying shitty thoughts all over my, my head until I worked myself into a depression. Have you ever had a depression that was so strong that it can bring down your erection midway? You'd be like, eh, well, what's the point? I just got up, washed my hands, of course, and then uh, went to Reddit and posted something whiny about performing to no audience and then basically just slept for the rest of the day then woke up for the, the next day to read the rant that I that I 
that I wrote on Reddit yesterday. And like, it was so whiny. It sounded like, me, 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 performing to no audience sucks. Me, 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 me. Even Zeus was watching over Sisyphus. This is a Greek tragedy. And a lot of people came forward with advice and ears, kind people who gave me words of encouragement and wisdom and support, including you, subscriber37. Yes, it sucks to work for no audience, but I have to keep going and keep up the grind and promote and just like live with the fact that I'm having fun with it regardless if someone is listening or not, which is a truth that I needed to be needed to hear again. You know when you sometimes need to hear something again, we kind of forget. You go through your rots and then if you're in a bad mood and a certain pattern of thinking is taking over, it's just you forget. You forget who you are. You forget things that got you through the door and got you through where you are right now. So finding that support online really helped me a lot. And I woke up the next day and I was like, okay, back to work. I'll promote some stand-up to help get audience for the podcast. I have a bunch of Egypt jokes that I can post and went to uh, Reddit, went to uh, our Egypt to get some audience. This is the part where... Um, thunder sound effects we play to highlight how bad of a mistake it is to go to our Egypt in this day and age. So I post this joke. And the sucky part is, when it comes down to it, we don't even get credit for the pyramids. Every single documentary I watch about the pyramids, they always get to this point where, where they're like, well, we don't know how they build them, so it must be either aliens or Jews. <laughs> What were we doing? What were Egyptians doing? Ah, something camel related. We don't know. <laughs> and I post it, and the first comment is a guy saying something vague and calling it a skit. So I was like, no, it's not a skit. It's a joke. He was like, uh, what's a skit? Mincia? So I was like, no, a skit is a short sketch. Mincia's show was a sketch show. Then he replies, and apparently he meant Mincia as calling me Mincia for stealing that joke. And I don't know if any of, of sta any stand-ups are listening, but whenever someone accuses you of plagiarizing a joke, you doubt yourself. You think, well, did I steal that joke? Did I hear it somewhere? Chris Rock had a joke about this where he was talking about when, uh, when he gets pulled over by the cops. And the cop is like, get out of this car, you stole that car! Chris is like, oh damn, maybe I did! Funny how the next day I accidentally was watching Jim Jeffries' podcast, and he was talking about the same incident happening to him when somebody also falsely accused him of stealing a joke from Ricky Gervais and how he ended up watching all of Ricky's material just to find out that it's not true. And I'm not comparing myself to any of these guys, of course. I'm just saying I related with their stories, which thank God that I found by mistake in my time of need. But that's where my mind went to first. Like, somebody accuses you of stealing a joke and you've been doing it for a while. You're like, oh shit. Did I hear this joke somewhere else before and thought it was mine? That happens. But thank God I was quickly able to recover and think, what? Hell no. Even if I heard this joke before and wrote a similar idea, which is not true, that wouldn't be stealing. Like, that's something, that's what I'm talking about. It happens. Like, oh, you kind of think it was your joke because you've heard it before. But then that, that's not even the case. And he didn't even have any evidence to support his claim. Who did I steal this joke from? Do you have it? Like, would you have a clip of somebody else doing the, the, the camels and pyramids joke? And he doesn't even know the difference between a skit and a joke. When I corrected him on the difference between jokes and skits, he, re he replies with a definition from the Median Webster that includes brief comic sketch in it. 
And like he's presenting the, the definition as if like, aha, got you. Ah, median Webster begs to differ. That's when I realized I'm talking to an ahmaq. Ahmaq is the best word to describe this guy. And an ahmaq means idiot. Why would I work myself over some idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about? Go over arguments with him just because he wants attention. Thanks to God and to the wisdom of Pete Holmes' podcast, I was able to muster enough sanity to just ignore his comment and the DM that he sent me after telling me how we could have gotten along and how I was petty for downvoting his comment without replying. I ignored that too. Then he followed that by posting a picture of a crying baby statue and calling me funny man hours later. But that's when I realized that I won. He worked himself up and looked like an idiot that he was. And then the next day, people saw his comments and downvoted him. All it took is for me to do nothing, which was ridiculously hard, but it led to that idiot unfurling. At the same time this was happening in America, I woke up the next day to some lovely news from back home. Lovely is in between sarcastic air quotes. A relative of mine in Egypt, who died a couple of years back, had some monument named after her to honor her. Isn't this a positive story, right? Good news. Nope. Not when it's mixed with the Egyptian society. I was like, oh, what a great honor for her and her body of work. She would have been so proud of this happening to her if she was alive. But then I did the number one mistake Joe Rogan warns us about and read the comments, which was a terrible mistake. You read comments like, why would you name something after a lady that no one knows? What about all the Muslim names? And they started saying negative and sometimes sexual things about a woman who's dead, who had nothing to do with the decision. Yet her name is getting slandered because of some idiots who know nothing about her or what she did or how she sacrificed her life for this country. She put her life on the line. It's hard to see someone you care about get slandered like this after their death. Something that was supposed to honor her ended up hurting her. It just makes you realize how unfair life is. But I learned, I learned from the Ahmaq from Reddit the day before. I learned that it's best to ignore and work on yourself and work on your reaction and make sure that Idiots like this don't actually get through your head and, and, and ruin, your, ruin your mood. Like in the middle of all of this, the one number one thing that I was upset about was how, how it was very hard to dismiss it from my head. The, the guy who accused me of stealing a joke or the people who are slandering my dead relative. Both of them, it, it, the, the biggest challenge was, yeah, you quickly realize that they're wrong because of one give me the same definition back and doesn't know what he's talking about and the other people think that she's related to someone that she's not related to and that's why she got their honors but why do you waste your time correcting idiots it's only detrimental to you it only affects you so i i i stepped away it was like another another exercise another test in less than 48 hours for me to try see how i can distance myself from this and i thank god i did Unfortunately, my, my sister, my family kind of couldn't do that because it was kind of tough because they're in the, in the thick of it. At least I'm away. But it's just so... 
it's just so hard it's just so rotten to see people like this which leads me to this section that has been unfurling over the last eight years of my life the decline of my faith in humanity let's start with Egypt since uh, this is my podcast I can take my time explaining my point of views let's start back with Egypt let's show you where I'm coming from to get me to this low point in the curve of faith of humanity the Egyptian people have this amazing cognitive dissonance when I was young there was a a very famous story in Egypt that you can hear everywhere like I'm gonna say it now and people from Egypt are gonna sing along they know it but the story goes as follows there was a scientific study to find out which baby is the smartest baby at birth kind of like a cruel international baby IQ Olympics so they go get a baby from every country and had had the babies compete in a series of IQ tests okay and of course the Egyptian kid was the smartest one but then they took the babies back to their countries and through their education systems and did the test again and the Egyptian kid finished last okay so the conclusion here is that the Egyptian kid was born the smartest person on the planet but then they go to school and the Egyptian system that is so bad that it creates the buffoon that you see in front of you today. That also explains that something that we have called the foreigner, foreigner's complex. We call it al Khawaga, where we believe that if a task was to be completed by an Egyptian and a foreigner, the foreigner will always do a better job because they have better education and they're smarter and they've been treated humanely their entire life, entire lives, not like us. So that's why when somebody cuts you off in Egypt, you don't go, oh, what an idiot. You go, Sha'ab al-Ghabi. Which just doesn't mean stupid person, means stupid nation. Everyone. Because that person cutting you off is the product of our shitty system that produced the Ghabi in front of you right now. And that's the cognitive dissonance that I'm talking about that makes every Egyptian, including myself, a walking oxymoron. The duality of we are great, but at the same time, we're the worst. So after living in Egypt for a long time and rarely meeting that Egyptian greatness that we talk about, like sometimes in literature here, sometimes in sports here, but you don't see it day to day. So you begin to live in this illusion that whatever is wrong with your life is only because you are in Egypt and dealing with Egyptians. So if you can escape and go to a nice place with more civilized people, you'll be happy. And I, 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 I'm a child, grew up, born in the 80s, reached puberty in the 90s so I grew up watching pirated American entertainment on my Windows XP and I got to see all those better people in the American entertainment that I was consuming all the time like oh nice people with morals and yeah there are some bad seeds but there's always the good guys then I moved to Los Angeles in 2012 kind of like stepped through my computer screen to finally go meet those amazing better humans That's when I realized that everything that I thought was wrong with Egypt turned out to be wrong with humanity. It's either this or somebody's pulling a sick prank on me and I'm still in Egypt. Because for some reason, I always end up in the third world country. I don't know what's going on. Especially when you see the same Egyptian behavior but in English. And living in Los Angeles, you see the same behavior, the same shitty Egyptian behavior in all languages. It's not just American language, to be honest. So quickly, you come to the conclusion that, oh, this is a human problem. That's not just uh, Egypt or America. Apparently, all humans are like this. 
But America and Egypt especially have a lot in common. And I know this sounds like this part of the movie where the villain turns to the protagonist and says, hmm, you're not so different, you and I. But we are. Like, I really mean it. Especially modern-day co- uh, countries. I know it's weird given the, that Egypt is a, an Arab Muslim country, but hear me out. Back to Egypt again. I mentioned our pride, right? Well, actually, it's more like narcissism, if you want to be accurate. You have another famous saying in Egypt. We describe ourselves as Hadarit Sabatalaf Sana, 7,000 years of civilization. That's our tagline, and we can't wait to bring it up. Oh, we can't wait. Every time. Oh, Egypt, 7,000 years of civilization. It's on our business card. Oh, what, we're playing soccer? Oh, 7,000 years of civilization came to Senegal to play soccer today. All the time, whatever we're doing. And that was only amplified when Islam and Arabs came to Egypt. Because we, we took all the good parts of their history and just added that to our pride. And then our pride took its final form and turned into narcissism. And that's why I'm saying we're the same, America. Were you just 2,000 years in the future? You will go through phases where you become more like Italy than more like Greece. Then you become us. That's when America takes off the mask and the audience gasps, realizing that it was Egypt all along. Look, we all agree that civilizations, all civilizations, will experience decline over time. But that's where we are similar. Because even when America becomes number two, that pride is not going to go away. That unquestionable pride we both have of just being American or just being Egyptian. And please don't be offended by this. Like, I only say this as a friend who would tell you if you had a booger sticking out of your nose. So it's coming from a good place. But America... You're kind of a narcissist too. And I'm not throwing stones at a glass house here. I just said Egyptians are narcissists as well. I'm just saying that game recognizes game. We have Hadarit Sabah Talaf Sana. You have America number one. And just like the Islamization and Arabization of Egypt, you got the PCification and nationalization of America as a product of both Trump and the media over the last four years. But it's the same thing. Just replace the words founding fathers with the Prophet and the Bukhari, and replace the word constitution with Quran, and it's identical. Same concept, just different words. I can't criticize any of these things in both cultures. And doing so would probably lead to social harm that can evolve in some cases to physical harm. I can get in trouble for America for saying that modern society should not be based on a 200-year-old document. Same way I can get in trouble in Egypt for saying the Bukhari was just a human who can make mistakes and we can't live our lives based on the 14th century. I'll get in equal trouble for both. In a country that doesn't believe in gay rights, ousting someone for raising an LGBT flag is not that far from killing people for not wearing or wearing a mask, which is happening here in the past couple of months. And I'm not bashing anyone here. I know it's extreme, extremes on both ends, but the tone of obey our thinking or be ousted, that's so prevalent now I was so proud that I said prevalent, right? So I forgot what I was saying. It's so prevalent, even... I said it again. Jesus, focus. It's so um, common between people that even people in the middle, like people in the middle now, have this mentality of... of uh, you, you either obey or get out, which is scary. And again, not only in Egypt, not only in America. I have friends in Canada and Europe who are already saying we're not going to be taking the vaccine when it comes out. 
oh, so no mask, no vaccine. Meanwhile, I'm going crazy from isolation. And it looks like it's gonna go on for another at least a year. That's why my stocks in, in faith in humanity have dropped. Has, have, whatever. I can really work myself into a dark corner of depression thinking about how this world has no equality or justice and people are just rotten. But I learned something new. That's, that's the silver lining. I'm not gonna leave it all dark like this. That's the silver lining. I learned something new. Every time I see uh, Bani Adam Ghabi, aka Stupid Human, I try to remind myself of the other good ones. Sounds corny as hell, but that's how I'm, how I'm coping right now. I try to remind myself of all the, 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 the people who supported me during my whiny times on Reddit and reminded me to keep up the grind. And if this pandemic taught us anything, there are humans that are helping us in grocery stores and delivering shit to our doors. Yes, some are forced to do this because of shitty economy, but it doesn't make them less appreciated. Belash, even humans like, like the ones that invented all the technology that we are using to stay sane these days. I know this sounds hacky, but can you imagine how devasta devastating this pandemic would have been if it happened in the 80s with no internet, no Amazon? I, I, I would have gone crazy, officially insane. I'm already at the point of crazy where I'm talking back to Bill Burr on his podcast. Like, you know how he rants, like he always talks to, as if he's talking to a single person. And I'm just checking in on ya. That's my best Bill Burr impression. But like, he's just checking on, on ya, on me. He just feels like he's talking to me. This is my friend. I'm crazy. Between this and Twitch, really, that's how I'm keeping sane. I keep talking to imaginary people on, uh, on Twitch. And to be honest, this is better than writing all my feelings down. Which is going to take some time. At least I sweat doing that, which is good. But that's it. Um, that was my Renturama, the first ever Renturama. Hope that made sense. Come watch the Rocket League Noob Hour with Sam Taha daily at noon Pacific time. I'm getting better. It's, uh, it's not going to be completely uh, pain painful. Uh, I'll be back on the 14th. Uh, I'm starting to get the hang of the schedule between writing and twitching and conundruming. So hopefully more sketches by next time and stories. But anyways, uh, this was fun. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and stay kind. And bye.